Welcome to another episode of the University of Washington's Thrivecast, the podcast designed to help School of Medicine faculty thrive. I'm Trish Critic, and today we are joined by Professor Chad Allen. Professor Allen is a professor in the Department of English and adjunct in American Indian Studies, and he's the Associate Vice Provost for Faculty Advancement for the University of Washington. And it's in that role that he has really become the go-to person in our university, and certainly one of my great resources, when we think about doing searches for new faculty for the School of Medicine and beyond. And so, um, Chad, I invited you here today to talk with us about kind of what should faculty members know if they're invited to be a part of a search committee? And um, I really couldn't think of a better expert than you for the conversation. So thanks so much for joining me today. Happy to be here. Before we um, jump into like lots of questions about like how to be on a search committee and what you should know and what you should do. I think the first question is like, at some point as a faculty member, somebody sends you an email and says, would you be willing to be part of this search committee for X person we're hiring? And, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about competing demands and the many requests that we get. So my first question for you is like, why should someone say yes to that request? Or maybe you can say why they should say yes and when they might say no. I don't know. But what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think it's a great question. I actually think that hiring is one of our most important functions as faculty members. It's part of our shared governance obligations and responsibilities. And it's our opportunity to really make change in our units and across our university and ultimately across our national and even international disciplines because who we choose to put in these roles as faculty members has a long effect on how we educate students, how we serve various constituencies uh, and publics, um, and how our fields develop, right? New research, new service, new outreach, new teaching. The other thing I think is important to remember is that this is the opportunity when you serve on a search committee for you to help affirm the values of your unit. It's really when we hire and then when we do promotion review that we affirm our values. When we say we value excellence in research, what do we mean by that? What does it look like concretely? When we say we value excellence in teaching, same thing. What does it look like? And we know that it changes over time, that our definitions for excellence change and hiring is how we help affect that change by hiring colleagues who we think will bring qualities, experiences, backgrounds, all kinds of stuff, right, to our units that we don't have now, that our students need, that our publics need, um, that will really help our units and our universities um, thrive and move forward. So I think it's really a great opportunity um, for the individual, but really for the individual to serve um, the unit and the university. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I do think it's like, it is service, but it's really important service for that kind of where are we going as kind of who are we and and what is the climate and, and kind of culture of the space where we, we work and teach and do our science and take care of patients for us a lot of the time as well. So I, I'm, I'm persuaded that I should say yes if I'm asked. <laughs> I, hope, I hope others have been persuaded too, but I actually think it is a unique opportunity to kind of help steer the ship. I also think it's interesting to serve on a search committee. So I encourage people to do it because I think you'll learn new things about the institution, your unit and beyond by serving on a search committee. So let's say we've persuaded folks that that this is a good opportunity. What should people expect as they start out on a search? I remember the first one that I was on and I remember going into it being like, 
I have no idea what lays ahead and I'm not sure if I should have done anything to prepare for this or not. So what, what would be reasonable expectations as that process starts out? Well, I think one expectation is that you should expect to get a clear charge. The leadership of your unit should be telling you exactly what your role is. Are you giving recommendations and someone else is making a decision? Is the committee giving you know, a ranked order of who they would like to see in the position? Um, what kind of you know, work are you doing? Um, will you participate at every stage of the search or only at certain stages? Um, one of the things that's really helpful to know when you walk into that room is what's the timeline? When will we begin roughly, you know, given your field, uh, how many applications are you likely to review? How many stages of review will there be? And what expectations are there on you um, to help with interviewing and then ultimately with recruiting when we're actually making offers and trying to encourage um, new colleagues to join us? You know, what role will you play as a committee member? So I think most people you know, need to expect that it's a time commitment and you really have to um, participate actively. There's really no way to serve on a search committee in a passive way. You really have to serve actively. You have to come prepared uh, to give your opinions. You have to be uh, able to disagree with your colleagues occasionally. Um, it's important. The reason we have larger search committees and not just a single person is because we want diverse points of view, diverse um, experiences to bring to our evaluation of applications and eventually of candidates and finalists. We want lots of eyes on that material. And we want lots of different opinions to really weigh the pros and cons of bringing in different individuals to our units. Yeah, so let me um, highlight a bunch of things you said and follow up a little bit. So first of all, you should expect to get a charge about kind of what is the job? Because it's not always exactly the same. And for those leaders who are listening to this podcast, that's the job of the person who is the chair or the chief or whoever who's going to say, like, here's what we're we're going to do and here's what my expectations are of you as a search committee and that would include a timeline of how we're going to get there so I, I think that's a good expectation a good reminder for those of us who might charge search committees some of the important parts of that and then I think I, I heard you say like you're going to invest time and it's important to say that and for me personally you know reading those first documents that I get from folks whether that's a diversity statement or a CV or a series of pieces of information carving out that time and putting it on my calendar. So I actually invest the time in that has always been a really important part for me. And then I really liked your encouragement of people to speak up. And so we don't all feel comfortable or always as comfortable speaking up, but I think if we could give inspire people, the reason you're on a search committee is to share your opinion. And somebody thought that your lens on this was important. So share your perspectives. And it's normal for there to be differing opinions on a search committee. At least that's been my experience. Is that your experience as well? Absolutely. And again, we constitute committees, hopefully in a way where we'll have a wide variety of experiences and knowledges. Personally, I like committees that include someone who's not in the hiring unit. Um, I think it's really helpful to have someone who doesn't have the same kind of investment in the hire and might be able to be more objective about at least some of the criteria, if not all of the criteria. Um, I have played this role myself several times and served on search committees in different colleges from my own, where I really don't have a stake right in who gets the position and I don't know the fields, but it allows me to ask really important questions. 
And things that seem obvious to others will not be obvious to me as an outsider. And so I ask the hard questions about, well, you say candidate A is better than candidate B. Can you show me in the evidence where that's true based on our criteria? And that's really helpful. It, it, it sort of forces everyone to have to articulate clearly what they mean rather than simply rely on stereotypical thinking or knee-jerk thinking, sort of quick thinking, um, which, of course, we're all prone to. Yeah, we are. And I really like that. And I think those questions that are sometimes you're like, maybe everybody else gets this, but it's not making sense to me. Speak them up. Say them out loud. I think they're really helpful in those search committee conversations. So maybe empower people to, to have that voice. I, I really like that. Um, I alluded to this before, but are there things that you think people should do to prepare for being on a search committee or along the way of being on a search committee? I think one of the most important forms of preparation, and it may not seem obvious, but is simply to review your unit's values. What are our values? What is it that we say we need the most, value the most, um, respect the most? What are those things? Can I, can I articulate them? That really helps you in terms of thinking about what am I looking for? So the research shows us is that left to our own devices, we all read applications rather selfishly. Who's a good colleague for me? Whose research supports my own work? Who will make me look good, right? Who do I think will be fun to hang out with? All of those things, that's our natural instinct. So we have a set of criteria, we're looking for a new colleague because of their science, because of their teaching, because of their outreach, et cetera. We need to make sure that we're focusing in on those issues. And so it's important to remind ourselves. So I may be looking for a colleague and personally doing X, Y, or Z, but the unit may need somebody who does very different things. And so I need to remind myself, all right, here's what we most need. Right now, many units are trying, for instance, to better diversify their faculty in multiple ways. And that's one of those places where we have to ask ourselves, what are our values? What value do we place on having faculty who represent diverse backgrounds, who bring diverse experiences, diverse kinds of training, um, who have experience working with diverse populations, whether that's students, patients, communities, et cetera, where does that fit in our value system, right? And it's really helpful to have articulated that and thought about it before you start the search so that we're all on the same page and we all have a good sense of that going into the process. I appreciate that a lot. And I, I think you and I have had these conversations about hiring for like versus hiring for difference. And I think part of what you're saying is like, we all kind of fall into the pattern of hiring for like in different ways. And if we value a more diverse environment and a more diverse faculty, there is going to be hiring for difference. And we want to seek that out and have some awareness about that as we, as we move forward in the search. As people engage in this, you and I have talked before about kind of what we do to prepare search committees as a whole. And I think we've talked about that. Are there any things that you would say, boy, you know, check in with your search committee chair if you haven't talked about X, Y, or Z before you embark on this process? Are there kind of things that people should expect are part of that conversation? And, and maybe this is a little bit of a check on us always kind of having the best search committees we can. Yeah, I think there are potentially a lot of issues. A couple of key ones, I think that it's just really important because it puts people at ease if we talk about it explicitly. One is expectations around confidentiality. Mm -hmm. What do we mean when we say it's a confidential space? What can we talk about? What should we not talk about? 
what should we definitely not talk about with people who are not on the committee? This is particularly important if we have internal applicants, people who are already in our orbit, who may be applying for a position or a leadership position. Um, but it's important for every search that we have a, a really explicit conversation about confidentiality. Um, in many searches, we also have to talk about unfun things like records retention. Do I have to keep my notes? What, can I, what should I take notes about? Should I write things on a computer? Should I not write things on a computer? All of that. It's just helpful to have a really explicit conversation, particularly if you have search committee members who have not served before, mm -hmm. or if you have a graduate student serving or others who might feel particularly vulnerable, um, having it laid out really explicitly Here's what you should be thinking about. Here's who you should and should not be talking to about the search. And here's when you know, it's appropriate to say, get rid of your notes um, before we move on to the next stage of the review process. So all of that sort of technical stuff is really helpful um, to talk about explicitly upfront. And if you aren't naturally having that happen, I'm going to empower people to ask for that conversation because I think it is really important and the confidentiality piece it's important to say this is confidential, but I think it's also important to explain, as you just said, what does that mean and how are we going to, to manifest that? So I appreciate that. What else is on that list of things that you think are important? I think the other thing is, you know, we were talking before about the level of activity and how much time it's going to take to serve on the search committee. And so I think talking about that explicitly and what are reasonable ways to use your time. So it's really helpful, I think, for every search committee to have a plan for review rather than to simply assume that we all know what we're doing and that we will all naturally do things the same way. It's not true. If we had a big committee and we all went around and discussed our natural inclinations and how to read applications, they would be quite different. Some of us would begin with one kind of document. Others would begin with a different some of us would be willing to make a cut based on one piece of information in the first round. Others would want to read the entire dossier before making a decision. Um, depending on the size of your pool, that may not always be reasonable um, given the time constraints. And so having a clear plan, here's what we're going to do in the first round. Here's what we're going to save to the second round. Here's how we're going to move forward to interviews. That's really helpful. Again, particularly for people who are less experienced and may not have done this. But I will also say it's important sometimes to jar uh, more senior people out of bad habits. So sometimes people have developed old habits that really do not forward our values in the way we'd like to. And so it's helpful to have that explicit conversation, even with seasoned um, committee members, to make sure that we're all really doing things as effectively and efficiently as we can, again, in the service of our common values. I appreciate that. And I think all of these things are good things for everyone on the search committee to be thinking about. And it helps to remind your chair if, if that's not happening, like, hey, this would be helpful for all of us to have these explicit conversations and, and talk this through as a group. So I like it. I mean, I've served on a lot of search committees and I still find these conversations really helpful and they evolve. Each time it's slightly different. And I think that's helpful. What are, what are their other responsibilities for somebody if they're joining a search committee? So kind of we talked about, you know, the confidentiality, we talked about doing your kind of due diligence and putting in the time to review. Are there other things that you would say, hey, this, this is part of what's being put on, the, on your plate as you take on this role on a search committee? Well, one of the things we haven't talked about that I think has become increasingly important in searches, and that's what we call active recruitment. 
Mm. I think often people think, well, my job on the search committee is simply to wait for the applications to arrive and then to begin assessment. But in many cases, we really have to be reaching out to potential applicants and we have to be activating our professional networks, associations we might belong to, senior colleagues we know around the country or even internationally who may have colleagues or students or former students who might be good for our positions. We really have to do that active work up front so that we get a robust and diverse pool of applicants for every position. And I think that's sometimes something people aren't expecting, right, on that front end, that I may need to actually get out there more and seek and encourage applications. Then on the back end, after we've made decisions and we've come up with our finalists, we also need to do active recruitment, right, at that stage. How do we make sure people feel that they're welcomed? This would be a great place for them to come and thrive and have a full career. Um, We have to reach out and make sure that we're doing that work as well. And that's not just the committee's responsibility. At that point, it's the whole units. But the committee members always play that large role um, because they're the people that that know the most about the the finalists and um, have had the most contact with them. Yeah, I think I appreciate you emphasizing both those because I definitely didn't realize that when I first started search, uh, being on a search committee. I will say I ended up in my job because somebody did exactly that type of outreach. And I think it, it takes a little bit of thinking outside the box on all the different people you might reach out to to say, at least take a look at this job or let me tell you about this job or let me like you might not have been thinking this is the path for you, but maybe it is the path for you and you could consider it. So I, I do think that that takes a lot of people doing that, but if you're on the search committee, it's part of your job. It's a really important part of your job. And I also appreciate the, and then we want to, you know, make it clear that there's a really great reason to come once we've said, you're the person that we want to invite to join us. Why is it great to be a part of this community and this, this practice group or this department or division or whatever it is. So I appreciate that. We could keep talking for forever about search committees. You and I have done that before. So I'm wondering if you have any like kind of last pearls that you would share with folks uh, for the listeners about kind of things about being a part of a search committee, things that we didn't talk about so far. Well, we've covered a lot of things. There's always more to talk about. I do think though that what I began with, the idea that hiring is our sort of best opportunity to make real change is important to emphasize the reason to serve and then the reason to serve in a search committee well to really put in the hard work is so that we can affect change over time um, in our units and in the university as a whole. It's particularly true for trying to diversify our faculty, but it's, it's true for all kinds of reasons. It's also how we move our fields forward in terms of taking risks on people who are doing innovative work, moving into new areas, encouraging particularly early career um, colleagues to really take their own risk and move things forward. That all happens in the hiring. Um, We have to create the environment where all that's possible. And we have to create an environment where people from all kinds of backgrounds will feel like this is a place they could come um, and really do their best work. Yeah, you have used the word thrive repeatedly, which I love, because that is exactly what my hope is that we bring people in here and they can thrive. And I, I agree with all of what you just said. I think of it as you know, being somebody who can open up opportunities for folks. And it's an opportunity for our unit, for all the growth that you just talked about and, you know, diversity, new ideas, new science, new teaching, whatever. But it's also an opportunity for an individual. And I always found that part super engaging and like 
helping someone think about that next chapter and that chapter being with us is actually a really rewarding part of being on a search committee for me, at least in, in the experiences that I've had to date. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chad, you have given me and all our listeners a lot to think about. As I said before, I'm already convinced I should say yes. And I did yesterday to sitting on a search committee. So uh, I must have known we were going to have this conversation. Well, I'm chairing a search committee this, uh, this coming fall. So <laughs> I too have said yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope that folks who are listening have also been inspired in the same way. And I want to say thank you again. Uh, I'm sure folks will learn a lot from listening today. And if they want to listen to more episodes of Thrivecast, they know they can find them at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll also find them on the UW School of Medicine faculty website at faculty.udubmedicine.org. Thanks for listening and have a great day.